Welcome to the Agency Journey Podcast, where we connect with agency leaders to uncover the hidden systems and processes that drive their success. Now, let's dive into today's show. All right, welcome into another episode of Agency Journey. I'm Gray McKenzie, and this week, I've got the pleasure of bringing on Matt Strunk, who is the founder, the CEO of Bitmoto, Strunk Media Group, and Auto Sigma. We'll dive into all three of those entities. But Matt, thanks for jumping on, man. I appreciate you joining me. Absolutely, Gray, man. Thanks for having me. So what came first? I just I just said you were the founder and CEO of three different companies. What was the first one? <laughs> uh, Bitmoto. So I actually started working uh, in car dealerships like back when I was 18, just selling cars. And I was freelancing on the side doing digital marketing stuff, you know, SEO, PPC, things of that nature. And I went to the dealer principal, you know, I, I put together this awesome pitch. I'm like, oh, I'm going to sell these, you know, I need to not be doing cars. I need to be doing something else. And I put together and said, you know, you guys are like so far behind. Like you should be doing X, you should be doing Y, you should be doing Z. And guess what? I can do that for you. And he told me to go pound sand. So, <laughs> but then a few years later, he was like, ah, damn it. Like, you know, you were probably, uh, you were probably right. So he let me build it out. Um, and that worked pretty well. I took over the auto group. That went well. Then back in 2015, I was like, you know what? There's a lot of dealerships, like especially new franchise dealers across the country that could use this because if you don't have 50 stores, you can't have a whole marketing department, you know? Um, and we started Bitmoto, which was supposed to be like your outsourced internet director, which really it's just a digital agency, right? Um, yeah. But that was our niche. That's our, that's our bread and butter. That's our sweet spot. Um, and Strunk Media Group came after that. And really that was... You know, I'm still trying to decide if it was a good de- good decision or not, but that was kind of the non-automotive diversification, which yeah. during COVID was great. Um, but it also leads to some fragmentation as far as focus and things of that nature. So Strunk Media is more of a regional digital agency. And then Auto Sigma is the newest one, which actually spawned out from Bitmoto because we were trying to make it so we could offer like a product, a productized service offering that wasn't just trade and time. And then it worked well enough that we actually spun it off into its own SaaS platform. So that's the newest one. Now, are the first two Bitmoto and Strunk Media Group, is that the same entity and two different front ends for it? It is, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yep. we got the dealer, but like the auto focus side. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Just basically two different brands. Makes sense. At, at some point we might we might split it off, but that would really just be from a you know exit perspective, just trying to clean things up and right. So that makes sense. Yep. So um I'm assuming, well, actually, I'm not going to assume that. What are the main services on both sides? Is it still a lot of the SEO web dev side? Yeah. So Bitmoto is definitely more of like, you know, you own a dealership and you want a turnkey solution where you get assigned an actual automotive internet director. So I was the first one when we were a startup, but now we only hire guys that, you know, that have worked in a car dealership. Like you've actually worked there, you've actually done it. So if, you know, your dealership, Gray, you have a ABC Ford and you want to work with us, you're getting assigned someone that actually knows what the hell they're talking about, right? As right. opposed to like, oh, you know, I never worked in automotive, but let me like help you run your business. It's just weird. So, so that's the core. And then around that, yeah, it's PPC, SEM type stuff, SEO, social media, email, reputation. So that internet director is your, you know, orchestrator. He's going to orchestrate all that stuff and get it all done for you. Right. And then the other ones uh, with Strunk Media Group is that, so I'm assuming a lot of the same services, mm-hmm. maybe less productized or less plug and play. With it all is. Yeah. Um, 
how is that i mean did that just grow through referrals initially like they were talking to people who aren't running dealerships but yeah yeah basically you know we had the the bitmoto side was going well but if you think about the concentration of dealerships within a 30 mile radius yeah there's a lot but there's not i mean there's a lot more other you know other businesses and you know as a new business owner i was going to all these rotary things in the chamber of commerce because you're supposed to and then you talk to someone and you know uh, eventually we'd, we'd get leads just from people knowing and they'd be like hey i own a hvac company right. can you and it's like well yeah i mean yeah i used to do that yeah i mean you want to generate leads which you then sell and make money yes all right let's give it a shot and it actually worked out pretty well but yeah the, you know strong media is nice because we can get more custom it's almost like a custom bike shop versus like a, a you know big scale dealership feel but it's harder to scale too because it's you're you're really selling that that ip and and really having to dive in but yeah that makes sense and then how long have you guys been working on autos? Maybe actually let's let's start with just what does Auto Sigma do as a platform? Yeah. So Auto Sigma is <clears throat> I'm I'm torn on what to call it. I'm calling it a marketing automation platform. Okay. And I think that counts, you know, because it can automate things. It can be more hands-on. It just really depends on you and your dealership. But essentially what it does is in the new franchise car dealership world, like they can't they can't keep a consistent mess. Like one month it's Lease a new F one fifty for three ninety nine. The next month, it's like, oh, never mind, it's three fifty. And it's like, no, never mind, it's four nineteen. And every time you do that, like as an agency or as a marketing director at, any, at a dealership, like I'm redoing all these design work, redoing all my display ads, my Google search ads. I got Facebook ads. I got all this stuff that I have to redo because you changed the offer by twenty bucks. You know, and we were spending you know ten fifteen hours per month per dealer just managing all that. So we basically built a software that allows us to centrally manage that. And then via API, we just push everything. So in the first version, we would have our designers make templates for these like, you know, creative type of elements. And then we would like literally mark XY coordinates of how we would overlay the offers. And then we would screenshot that and that would be your finalized image. And that was good. And for an agency, like, cause we were using it, you could kind of fumble through like, Oh yeah, just click on that and then hit close and hit open and it works. You know, like you you can do those things. Um, but initially, you know, eventually we were like, you know what? It would be really nice if this was more of like the dealership. You could just go in and do it yourself, man. Like you don't actually need me at all. Um, and for other agencies, we have a very good use case because we have an automotive agency that uses it. Um, right. so basically we we went into redeveloping that about two years ago. It was a massive project, man. It was <laughs> a lot harder than we thought it was gonna be, but we we changed the UI UX. It's truly like a turnkey hands-on thing. And there's a full-on creative editor in it. So almost like a Canva. Hmm. But basically you make your designs and then you can sync them wherever you want to. Right. And then anytime the offer changes, all of your your creatives updated, all your ads are updated, everything's done. But you still have the ability to be super custom with your creative, which is unique. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's awesome. And is that a totally at this point in the business, is that a totally separate team who's working on that? Or are you because it is, we're, yeah. We're building out um uh, our backstory was like run an agency, built a project management software on yep. the side. Um, and for a while, you know, we cannibalized our best people from the agency yeah. over the software side uh, initially to help, to help scale that out. But now you've got totally separate teams. Yeah, it, there's still some blend. In the beginning, yep. exactly that, right? That, right? right. You're, you're like, oh, you're awesome. I'm going to like steal you. And you're like, ah, right. crap, I still have like an agency to run too. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we're building, uh, we're a small team. So we only have like four FTEs right now and we use a bunch of outsourced labor. So we have like 10 FTEs, um, that are subs. Um, 
but yeah, we're building a full team. So we're hiring client success managers, uh, web developers, support, support personnel, things of that nature. And we're really trying to keep it separate now. That's awesome. What's the Auto Sigma site? What's the URL? Uh, yeah, autosigma.com. So that's okay. A-U-T-O-S-I-G-M-A.com. So Auto Sigma. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes. Anyone who's in the marketing in the automotive space, obviously. Ought to check that out and see if that's a good fit. And I'm assuming, but I could be wrong. If this was us, there would not be an actual agency program like built up and streamlined and standardized yet. But are you guys already rolling that out? I know obviously you've got Bitmoto as your first client. Yeah, great question. So that that is a big, uh, big part of our strategy rolling this out. So okay. we don't have a super polished like what you you know. It's not like the HubSpot agency program where it's right. like you know come in and get no. But we do have agencies that are current, currently applying to, to be enrolled. So our strategy is that we sell direct to dealers. And you know, so the dealer might be using it, but they're probably using someone else for PPC or SS, something like that, right? And we don't want to do that at Auto Sigma. Like we're not an agency. We're not, we're not going to do that work for you. We're just going to do the tech. And then basically, yep. if a guy from a dealership or you know, a, an individual from a dealership says, you know, hey, I want someone to do my Google ads. I know it integrates, but it's not seemingly working the way I want to with insert big provider. Then we can say, well, you know, check out our certified agency list. Like these guys, it's turnkey, everything they do, it's plugged in perfectly and they know what they're doing. And then basically have that reference, you know, that referral chart going on. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think you can spin that into win, win, win. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Bitmoto starts with B. So that's on the top of the list. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play. Yeah, right. Uh, that's awesome. Um, what's the, so you guys have gone through, I mean, which, I guess I'll, I'll back this up a little bit. Where do you spend most of your time right now? Oh my Lord. Uh, <laughs> so for me, I've been fortunate enough to, to separate out of the day to day with the agency, like for, for, yeah. for the most part. Um, and I actually started that hand in hand with some acquisition stuff that was going on, which is a whole nother story, but mm. Um, it was really trying to separate separate myself. So it's like, no, here's an agency that runs itself. Here's the leadership structure. Like, if I die, it doesn't matter. If you buy it, it doesn't matter. Like, really trying to make it marketable. Um, and then I shifted all my attention on Auto Sigma. So I wear a few hats there. My number one hat is VP of Sales and uh, marketing stuff. And then also, I'm the head of product still because right. we don't have that that depth yet. So those are kind of the two areas I spend the most most amount of my time with. That makes sense. So on the agency side, which uh, I'm assuming Bitmoto would be the more attractive at first um, agency to purchase. I don't know. Obviously, that depends yeah. on what top line revenue and uh, yeah. margin looks like. But niche, like really clearly focused. What did those, what did the acquisition side of things look like? Yeah, that's so... <sighs> You know, I, I've received all these emails. Like everyone does, right? You get the thing saying, "Hey, this is so and so from private equity firm. How would you right. feel about it?" You know, and most of them are like just they look like garbage, and it's kind of like these just bulk emails. And then you, you know, it's just really not worth it. But I had this one guy reach out, and it was it felt like a true organic email. Like you know, Gray emailed me, and it like yep. it was like, "Hey, my you know, I'm currently looking at acquiring agencies that you know are in this size range, and then I'm going to roll them up. So I want to roll up." 15 different agencies. And then obviously from a, an exit multiple, once you can get the EBITDA to a certain threshold, you're gonna be able to command a, a much more attractive exit price. So it's, a, you know, the strategy made sense where it's like, all right, if you can integrate 10 of these agencies and then get to a, 
five million a year in EBITDA and exit for 12x now because it's more of a strategic buy. Like I get the play. So we started talking and he seemed legit. We, um, you know, I was trying to be so savvy. You know, I've never been through a, an exit or anything like that. Um, so I was, you know, vetted the the financial ability. Like, can you actually buy this thing? Or are you just some like dude like <laughs> on right. the corner? So we had proof of funds for at least the down part of it. Like he was definitely trying to leverage um, some out, outside financing, but he had a strong down equity injection, which I think is what people look for. And that's when we went through the process, you know. And for for him, you're spot on. I mean, Bitmoto is if you go to any like agency, you know, master class or you know one of these consultants, like they're gonna say like you need to have a really focused niche. Like you really have to have something different. Like you have to have a unique value. Like that's just Bitmoto. Like it checks every single box. It's perfect, right. and that's what he wanted. And at the time, since it was strong, you know, still it's Strunk Media Group with a DBA of Bitmoto. It's one company, right? So yeah. now it's like trying to to separate you know yep. years of financials where it's like you're sharing resources and it's like you can get close but I can't definitively tell you how much of my controller's time was allocated for Bitmoto purpose like you're still just kind of stabbing in the dark so he was going to acquire the whole thing strong media group bitmoto everything and then I was going to spin off the software and start auto sigma so right. that was my play um, I get a nice capital injection. I basically have my, you know, series a basically handled, you know, seed, seed round handled. Like, I mean, I'm funded, you know, I'm funded yeah. and I'm ready to roll and then I'm going to sell that for half a billion dollars and, and we're good, you know? <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, that, that definitely, that was interesting. We went through all the due diligence, this, this, and that. And then because of COVID, it was right during COVID. A lot of the banks, like all these external finance finance people were like choke, right? Because they're just like, oh God, all these small businesses are being shut down because of COVID. So they basically tightened up the restrictions of of the loans they were giving out and the, and the financing they were doing. So his financing fell apart, deal crumbled, you know? So, you know, I was like, oh, that sucks because I just spent all this time and energy, you know? And 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 again, you, you hear it from people, right? They're like, make sure you focus on your main, like this is still your company. Like don't let right. the wheels fall off. But you know, it's real hard to to keep that balance because you're like, you know, I get that I won't, but oh my God, I'm going to exit and I'm going to, you know, go on a cruise that as soon as I'm de- like, you start thinking all that silly stuff. But so that ended up falling through and that, and that definitely gave me insight of like, if Bitmoto is super attractive to acquire, right? Or anyone that has like that super niche agency. When we had that strong media stuff, which is nice, it's got decent cash flow, right? Uh, you know, but it's not attractive. Like I wouldn't want to buy it because it's kind of like, dude, it's your name. It's like this... You got this hodgepodge of somewhat focused clients, but like it's just that's just not what people want, you know? So it's like that's when I realized like that guy was gonna take it because it was a part of it, not because he right. wanted it. Right. You know, and I always use the analogy that it's like, you know, hey, hey, uh, Gray, I want your, you know, I want five goats, you know. And you're like, all right, cool. I have five goats. We got to take my chickens too. And it's like, well, I don't want chickens. It's like, well, they're kind of go with it. And it's like, all right, I'll take it. I'm going to kill them then because I don't want them. You know, <laughs> and that's what it felt like. Like he was going to buy it and then just cut off the strong media side because it was just a distraction. So I was like, damn, man, like I should really separate these if I want to do this right. But, but then you fast forward and like a month later, because I was talking with MA brokers, hmm. they get this lead from a, a, a massive automotive player right in the space, which, you know, I, I can't t- tell you who it is, but. Uh, a big player. And I'm like, yeah, obviously I know who that person is. And like, well, they're looking to acquire automotive plays. Like, oh shit. Well, I'll tell you what, I was just about to exit. I'm in that mindset. So, so we started having that conversation and they wanted to acquire everything, auto Sigma, uh, everything. 
and and they were willing to step up to pay for it because auto signal was pre-revenue really right um and it wasn't even it wasn't even fully done through through the initial development phase so so i was kind of stuck like do i exit for likely less money than if i just do it myself and you know go through the effort and all that kind of stuff but it's a really dumb multiple and when you think about an agency exit like you should not pay that much money for an agent like you just wouldn't um so they so we basically went through that deal and that one got man that got to the very end <laughs> but at the end of the day i think what ultimately distracted that was still you know you kind of want bitmoto you really want the tech right you really want the tech bitmoto you're good with and you got the strunk media schmuck kind of like dragging along i don't mean to call it that per se right. obviously yeah. it's a lot of good clients a lot of good people working there but from an acquisition perspective it's not attractive so so that that kind of took away from it a little bit and then they ended up getting uh involved in like a really big merger so it was kind of like, hey, let's merge the like a billion dollar company. Oh, and by the way, on the agenda, like let's make sure to talk about acquiring the small. Like no, <laughs> so I, right. I got pushed to the bottom of that list. But but definitely an experience, definitely a learning experience. That uh, I mean, super common. Obviously, the majority of deals don't actually wind up wind up happening in the MLS yeah. space. Um, we did the same thing. I mean, went through it twice. Neither time was with uh, was the equity. Both times were private acquisitions um to get rolled up yep. the larger plays and after the first time I said i'm not going to do another one without taking earnest money up front <laughs> yep. like yep. i go into this again without getting paid for it and seeing real dollars down and they're gonna mm. uh money in and second one didn't get as far but of course i didn't uh didn't fall through and do that yeah yep. Uh, You're like never I'm will i ever it. okay let's do it that's fine right right exactly <laughs> um so learning uh you know it's, it's all a learning process but it's so easy to get swept up in, I think in a lot of cases, there's some, uh, often there's like hidden burnout or it's mm -hmm. not even really burnout. It's just like, hey, this might, this would feel good. Like for that amount of money, I would trade, even though there's parts of this that I really enjoy. Yeah. There's enough stuff here that uh, I dislike that I yeah. would trade uh, <laughs> the problems that go along with it. Yeah, man. Upside, uh, in order to exit. And then, you know, it's easy to talk yourself into, okay, here's the story that, that I want to roll with. Yeah, I remember so. uh, when we were going through that. Um, you know, we were going through it, and like logically, like if you're talking to a bro like a broker or so, you know, a finance consultant or something like that. You know, if you're a younger guy or you know, woman or whoever, and you're like, "Hey, I'm thinking about selling my business at the age of 30 or something," it's like, why? Like, are you dying? Are you sick? Like, why would you do that? You're gonna milk more money out of this thing over the next 30 years. Yeah. Unless there's some like sort of fire, it's like crashing right now, but then no one wants to buy it anyways if it's crashing. So, and you're right. I think it's, I think it's secret burnout, maybe like that little shiny stuff on the side, right? You're like, well, right. but if, if I do that, I can go start a laundromat now or like right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> what whatever a big it is. idea, you know? Like, yeah. so yeah, it, it's definitely, I would agree. Like, it's easy to say, but trying not to get hung up in it, you know, it's okay. I, I always, I always like choices, right? Like, I want to be able to make a decision. Do I go left? Do I go like, do I go left? Do I go right? Right. And with the acquisition deals, it's like, you know, you do the LOI and you got to go through due diligence. Like it's really not anything real until you get to a purchase agreement. And even then you got to sign it, right? You got to negotiate it. Right. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, let's get to the point where I can be like, are you, do you want to do this? And if you say yes, it actually happens. As opposed to if you say yes, you just have to wait like three months of pain and agony and being like torn apart and, you know, <laughs> doing strip right. searches and stuff. <laughs> well, um, there is. Yeah. And even if you get to the finish line on a deal, there's still, you know, like you still have a true up afterwards and there's mm -hmm. the negotiation of 
hey, I know that you had closed deals for annual contracts, but actually we don't want to give you credit for, you know, you didn't service nine of those 12 months. So exactly. Give you credit for exactly three. They're still negotiating. Like there's, it's not an easy process to go through. So much, you know, and I was, I was working with my, uh, like an M&A attorney on it. And he said, even though our dollar amount wasn't like, you know, a hundred million dollars or something like that. He said that the complexity of X in cash, earnout, equity, uh, you know, all these moving parts, uh, employment agreement, part of the earnout tied to just existing there. But because of that, how do we make sure that they don't just fire you because they feel like it? So you have to make sure it's for for just cause. He's like, your your deal is no less complicated than a quarter billion dollar acquisition. So your right. attorney fees and all you know, all the legal fees and everything involved is the same price because I still have to go through all the same effort. But it's just for right. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah, it's. It's definitely an experience, you know? Yeah. But I said uh, Todd Tasky on the podcast here a couple months ago, um, who does M&A in the, and does a good amount in the agency space. Uh, we've had some shared clients who, uh, who've gone through the process, which is basically going through the same thing, you know, like that $3 million, you know, the agency who's doing his benchmark is like, you're not doing the dollars of EBITDA. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense to work with us because yeah. there's, there's zero for us to make. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but just the yeah the, the complexity of these deals winds up being pretty similar if you want to do it right, mm-hmm. whether that's a, an agency that's doing two million dollars in top line revenue or twenty million dollars in top line revenue. Exactly. There's a couple more moving parts, but it's you know, it's all the same fundamental problem. Exactly. Yeah, man. So I'm gonna do what you did, and I'm gonna tell myself that if anything ever comes up again. I'm not doing it until That's you right. put put down some money, make this thing real, you know. <laughs> then we just we got a pinky swear here and hold each exactly, other. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm you promise, you promised me. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think the secret is like or the trick, if you're, you know, entertaining the exit and you get prep like actually preparing for it and get, you know, for me it was nice to go through it because now I know exactly what to expect. So if it's like in five years, ten years from now I want to exit. I know what to do for the prior three years to like right. really tee it up and get everything organized to get to get it really where when they're doing due diligence, it's a no brainer. Like, hey, yep. we need all this stuff. And you're like, oh no, it's fine. It's all organized that way already. Right. You know, and it's like, wow, like you guys are on top of it. And then where right. you guys come in, obviously, like they want to see, are you have your processes? Do you have your structure? Like, is this a is this something that can live without you? You know? Right. Well, yeah, I think both of those are a big piece and it's helpful to go through that process and just realize, oh, here's the things that I need to have in order. And that's kind of a wake up call of, uh, you did not have all that stuff in order the first time we went through it. Like, hey, let me see all your books. Well, here's our books. But in terms of how things are coded and everything, like, this is not, uh, you know, it's not the way that we should have presented things the first time through. That was a really valuable learning lesson. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, one thing I thought that would be, Hopefully, dig into is on the Bitmoto side mm-hmm. because of having obviously everyone's worried with a niche agency. Yeah, how much decline clients want to hear if I say yes to anybody? Um, yeah. What's your client acquisition? Uh, what does that client acquisition engine look like today? So, the first thing you said there definitely resonates where you're like just trying to grab dollars, right? right. You're like, but Gray, this guy wants to give me money. I'll just do this one and I'll go back, you know. Uh, but it's actually opposite. Like you get pulled around in all these different directions. You're just like spinning your wheels with yep. Bitmoto. You're just like a, a machine. You just stay focused. You get these referral engines and everything else. But uh, as far as business acquisition, like probably a lot of agencies at first it was all just referral word of mouth, right? Like that's it's funny. Like 
I feel like a lot of agencies really stink at doing sales and marketing for themselves, even though they sell like marketing services for other people. Right. It's like <laughs> it's like you go to a carpenter's house and their trims hanging all over the damn place. Like they don't keep care that keep uh, you know keep their place up keep or up up kept. But um, for us, we've really moved into more of a thought leadership strategy. So probably similar to you and these podcasts, that idea of like, you yeah. know what, how can we become that leader in the space? So that way it's like, you know, Hey, you're thinking automotive, you're thinking digital market, like, Oh, that's right. Those guys. Like I remember seeing that podcast or going to that, you know, that event. They, they, oh, that's right. They spoke at the NADA convention. That guy really sounded like he knew what he was talking about. Like, right. I think thought leadership is is the way to go. Um, you know, coming up with some sort of strategy, like a cornerstone strategy, and just building content around that to drive inbound traffic is what we're trying to focus for the next phase of our lives. You know, what are those? Is it partnership stuff, or do you have, like what are the mediums that you guys are doing that through? Is that uh, blog, email, podcast, video? Yeah, so I do better with talking. I don't like I'm not, you know, I don't like sitting down and just writing some kind of article. So, unfortunately and fortunately for the beginning, like a lot of the the stuff's going to come from me and some of our, you know, top leadership team guys. So, we're thinking podcast is what we've been working on. So, trying yeah. to start a, a podcast, uh, doing some like vlog stuff, like video type of stuff. And you know, for me, I think the strategy we're going to try to to employ and I, hopefully it works is like the the value prop for working with us outside of the software, which now other agencies can buy. So like that's technically not our like super value prop. I mean, it still is, but but the other one is just that IP, right? Like the idea that if Susan understands car dealerships like really well and understands digital really well and she knows how to drive down your cost per sale and really knows how to improve your bottom line, like you can't. That's just invaluable, right? Like, what are you going to do? Like, you need Susan, right? Because she's just like the smartest person there is with that. So, as such, I think we're going to really try to just train and educate other people in the field. Like, so even if you work at a dealership, great. I'm going to show you all the secrets we use at Bitmoto. Screw it. You can steal them. You know, you don't need us now. But again, just to build that authority that we're the ones teaching you that. So that way it, it still ends up working, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I think you've got the nice thing about podcasts, and I'm a big fan of both. Pure thought leadership. I'm going to get on. I'm going to do a solo episode. I'm going to talk for 20 minutes about here's how you streamline whatever your internal meetings or your internal scorecards or whatever it is, agency ops uh, teaching stuff. But you've also got the ability to expand your network, talk to other people who are influencers in that space and pull people in and feature their story. And I think you got this whole like stair step model where you can take somebody who's got, you know, they've got a slightly bigger audience than you and mm -hmm. reach that audience, take that person. Like, hey, I had this person on. Go talk to the next person. Yep. Work your way up through um, these weird artificial social status rankings <laughs> that we have. And, yeah. Uh, you made E5 like, rank, you know. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, what's the... So service lines with Bitmodo. Is everyone come in... When they come in, do they go straight to a retainer? Are you selling a discovery project first? Or what is, what's that model? Yeah. So for Bitmodo, it's straight to retainer. Um, yeah. for, for the strong side, we've been, we've been exploring, like selling the actual strategy session, right? Like getting paid to do the proposal <laughs> before yep. you would just spend all this damn time and be like, yo, right. check out the strategy. And right. you'd be like, all right, cool. Thanks. We're going to, <laughs> it's like, oh, what? But I've been, I've been amazed at, at how many people will pay for that. You know, like yeah. when you say it's, yeah, it costs you $7,000 for me to put together right. this, this blueprint, this roadmap, whatever you can call it. Right. Yep. And it's the stuff you would do anyways. Um, but it also kind of 
think increases the value, like the perception of the value. Cause it's like, Oh, this isn't just some pr- proposal. Like they put together a blueprint for me. Like this is special, you know, but for Bitmoto, we really focused on, even though there's like that human capital that we're selling and like just the intellectual part of it, we really have streamlined that because we only sell new franchise car dealers, right? The benefit of, of niching down is, you know, what your problem is that you're solving, right? So you can kind of scale it out more. So we have ABC, like package ABC, pick one. So that way we can really get to discovery call to pick your package to let's get going on this. And right. It's pretty streamlined. Well, what's cool about that. This is one of the things that Todd mentioned. When we we're talking about agency valuations is mm-hmm. you've got from the software side to the agency side. Yep. You guys are building a ton of recurring revenue into the pipeline. And that's a huge piece. Yeah. Obviously profit margin and growth rate and all that stuff factors in. But the percentage of that revenue that's recurring revenue feels like, hey, there's some stability here. Obviously, as long as churn is not not out of control. Yeah. Yep. That's a pretty that's a really valuable asset uh, to have. That's yeah. That's and you know, during the acquisition, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it's like, hey, you do X in revenue, but how much of that is MRR? Like how much of that's repeatable? Because right. right. that's like what you're gonna keep. And and one buddy, it's funny, he calls it a he's like, you and your damn cell phone bill. I'm like, what are you talking about? So you yep. sell a cell phone bill every month. You get paid the same damn amount. How hard is that to run a business <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when you know exactly what you're gonna make every month? It's like, you know, he's he's in construction, like carpentry and all that stuff. Yep. And then like, I kind of re- it kind of resonates with me. I'm like, man, so you just are hunting for your next lunch like yeah. every over, day? Right? Like, yeah, right. you're like, oh, I just finished this kitchen. I made a home run. Right. Oh crap. <laughs> I need like jobs lined up, you know. You, you do have to line it up with how you deliver value. I mean, that's one of the things in our business. Where I'm, I'm you know, our goal for this year is we want to get our recurring revenue to about thirty percent mm-hmm. of our top line revenue. But we're making a big impact for agencies in a very short period of time coming yeah. out of them streamlining their processes. Same thing as doing a kitchen. Like you go in that, you could put that on a payment plan, but it's like, hey, let's get paid for the value when we're delivering the value. Yep. Um, Versus on the agency side where you've got deliverables going month after month after month, um, mm-hmm. it, it makes a lot of sense. So I, it's not that every agency should go to retainer. You have to understand your business and say, hey, what business am I actually in? Yeah. But you also have to look at the reality of the marketplace and say, yeah, well, there's a reason that recurring revenue businesses go for a higher multiple than all your money comes on. I'm probably yep. if, if yeah, everything man. else was the same. Exactly. Yeah. That and, you know, contracts, which is, you know, which is also tough. You know, when you start out, you're just like, you know, hey, Greg, give me give me five grand a month, right? right. And we're good. Like, we're good. Are you going to do that? All right, good. You know, actually, you know, I'll send you a quick word, dog, and I'll say, like, you promise, and then we're good, right? That's a contract. And no, they want, you know, when someone's buying you, they want to see a contract and they want to see a term and they want to see, like, you know, yeah, and that's cancellation penalty and yeah, mm, yeah everything. Exactly. Exactly. Um, outside of you guys have your, your secret weapon that's not so secret now and you're trying to make it not so secret and obviously yep. <laughs> outside of that are there any uh secret kind of tech tools or um recent tech tools that you've been um really loving uh you know uh, that's a great question so not so much i mean we do we probably reinvent the wheel too much like we because we have developers and like engine software engineers and stuff like so we're always like oh we can make that you know you're like hey I want to send an email blast out to like a customer. Like you're like, oh, God, we'll just build that. And you're like, dude, just go. There's like MailChimp and stuff. Like, stop. You know, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, okay. I, I we used to we used to try to build everything. We're like, oh, we need an analytics dashboard. You know, like it was an awesome dashboard. Like get API data, this, this, and that. And then you realize how hard it is to maintain all those API keys and OAuths right. and stuff. And you're like, God, I wish there was someone like, oh, there is. There's NinjaCat or there's Google Data Studio. Like you know, you're like 
that that's great. But um, so I, th- I think not so much, you know, with, with the automotive world specifically, because they have to use the, the OEM approved website providers, like you're kind of limited and hand locked on the tech you can use for your efforts. Yeah. Cause you're kind of like, Hey, here's the, here's the schmutt we have, make it work, you know, and you kind of just augment it. Um, but we've been using like teamwork CRM. Um, you know, I think you and I were talking about like ClickUp is a pretty, pretty cool one, but yeah. um, those things are invaluable, right? You just trying to stay organized and, and keep up with everything. Um, and then we use Google workplace for, you know, all the shared drives and all that stuff. But that's about it from a tech tech stack perspective. I love keep it simple. Do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's easy to get lost on stuff. Um, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited to watch, especially on the auto Sigma side. I'm excited to watch the traction that you get there. Um, appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, what are you guys? So in terms of staffing right now, are you guys hiring or recruiting for any positions? Oh yeah. Yep. I mean, I, it's, it's a tight market, but for basically every, everyone, Strunk Media, Bitmoto, Auto Sigma, it's, we're looking for account people. We're looking for web developers, content writers, graphic designers, you know, you name it. We're probably looking for it. Uh, sales reps, even, um, just the full gambit. What's, uh, I'm on the Bitmoto site right now. Mm-hmm. We got the career page, so we can, we'll put, we'll link this up in the show notes. Um, yep. Any other place that you'd point people to learn more with your apply? Yeah. So we've been using, yeah, you have those career pages. Uh, we've been using, uh, as far as tech stacks, we've been using a platform called Jazz HR. Are you familiar yep. with that at all? Yep. Um, and that pushes like via ZipRecruiter and all that stuff. So we have a bunch of positions listed on like Indeed and everything else through there. But, um, you know, really, if, if, you, if you have, you know, any of those skill sets, just drop us a line. You know, even if it's not posted on there, like if we're not, if it looks like we're not actively hiring, we are. Like we're always looking for for good team members. Awesome. Join. We'll make sure we we link that stuff up. Yeah, man. This has been really fun, man. I appreciate you coming on and uh, walking us through your process, going through acquisitions, how you think about building the the agencies. Uh, appreciate you coming on and sharing that, man. Dude, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It's always fun. You know, I, every every time I get to pull the mic out, I'm always like, oh, this is gonna be a good day. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's been a blast. I appreciate it. Well, man. Thanks for listening to the Agency Journey podcast. Visit agencyjourneyinsiders.com to join the podcast community and be sure to subscribe for future episodes.